0: COVID 19 or coronavirus? I would explain what it is, but unless you live under a rock, you already know because it is an international global pandemic that is brutalizing countries. I've literally tried to limit my news intake because it causes me so much anxiety, but then again, I'm saying that as I record a podcast about it, so I'll leave that up for you. This episode is about COVID 19 but how it relates to environmental justice. If you're unfamiliar with or don't exactly know what environmental justice is, I would definitely go take a listen to my reference episode titled Environmental Justice. It's a quick three-minute clip of the definition and why it's important. Also, for this current episode, if I reference an article, the links will be available in the description. Getting right into it, though, there are three main reasons that COVID-19 is an environmental justice issue. These are in no particular order, by the way, but those reasons being, first, racial bias, second, accessibility to basic needs, and third, the exposure, spread, and testing. I'm going to dive right into the racial bias aspect, which is the anti-Chinese and anti-Asian rhetoric that has been formed. The coronavirus has been used as a scapegoat for blame, which can be seen through an increased number of hate crimes against Asian Americans. I would like to emphasize that I said Asian Americans, not even just Chinese, because there have been various reports from non-Chinese Americans facing discrimination, such as a man from Singapore and a woman from Vietnam. There has been increased targeted bullying in school, which includes name-calling, staring, and even racist remarks. Even more disturbing, from a New York Times article, a kid at a school in California was beat up so badly for being just for being Asian, that he had to be sent to the emergency room. There are also racist remarks, such as the China virus, or Chinese virus, or Wuhan virus. A direct quote from an article published on The Hill states, an official with the World Health Organization, WHO, on Wednesday, warned against referring to COVID-19 as the, quote, Chinese virus, end quote, saying that it could lead to racial profiling against Asians when, quote, there is no blame in this End quote. Media and social media have definitely been inflaming these remarks. On Snapchat stories, I've seen pictures of people posting that they have classes with mostly Asians and are thinking of dropping the class and things like that. I saw a post the other day on Facebook about how China has committed, in quotes, the biggest act of terror against the United States. I just wanted to read the two definitions of terrorism from FBI.gov. <laughs> First is international terrorism, which is violent criminal acts committed by individuals and or groups who are inspired by or associated with designated foreign terrorist organizations or nations state sponsored. And then there's domestic terrorism, which is violent criminal acts committed by individuals and or groups to further ideological goals stemming from domestic influences such as those of a political, religious, social, racial, or environmental nature. I'm assuming that this post was implying international terrorism because it would be nation or state sponsored. But there are studies that have shown there's no way the virus was made in a lab as the researchers would have been able to identify the gene sequences. Also, there have been previous strains of the coronavirus, so it's not like it's completely new. It's just a new, more virulent strain. The first coronavirus disease was first described in 1931 so for people to think that this is a new thing or a lab created disease is absurd there's this really good kind of first reference that i will link down below because it's a really good starting point to understanding the basics of the coronavirus shout out to professor schaffner who sent me a bunch of awesome links to take a look at they were beyond helpful So this is not the first time a disease or sickness was the cause of racism. We've also seen this with the Ebola epidemic, which was used as an excuse for racism against Africans and African Americans, also the discrimination of LGBTQ plus community as well as Latino and black men in regards to HIV AIDS. So racial injustice as it relates to environmental impacts is not a new occurrence with COVID-19, but it's equally as inappropriate and disturbing as it's always been, and it inflames this xenophobic attitude. So what can we do? Don't call it the China virus. It has a name, so use the proper names, COVID-19 or coronavirus A reminder that the World Health Organization warned against characterizing the virus in a way that could encourage xenophobic behavior because it's racial profiling. Don't put the blame on China or the Chinese. They're facing enough as it is and there's no one to blame. A really awesome thing that I've seen on Twitter and Facebook is buying gift cards at local Chinese restaurants or Chinese owned businesses or any local restaurant or businesses for that matter. Since all non-essential shops and restaurants are closed or mostly closed, buying gift cards are a great way to support them without eating in or risking exposure to other people. As you've probably heard, social distancing is key. A really good quote from NBC News, just to sum up the whole racial bias aspect that I just went over, is... While viruses and other pathogens do not discriminate between hosts based on race, ethnicity, nationality, or immigration status, stigma and misinformation certainly do. The next justice issue is accessibility to life necessities or basic needs in times of crisis. Most people have seen this in the news or even in person, but stores have been selling out of essentials the minute that they open for business. It's actually crazy. Things like toilet paper, water, diapers, frozen food, and more. Other non-essential things like hand sanitizer, canned goods, you get the deal. The most viral story I've seen is the TikTok of the mom crying because there were no diapers left. People had bought them clean off the shelf, and she goes, How am I supposed to diaper my baby when I can't afford to buy 20 of them like you can? It's really heartbreaking to watch. Another viral story is the guy that bought tens of thousands of dollars worth of hand sanitizer and wipes. According to a New York Times article, he bought over 17,700 bottles of hand sanitizer. He was planning on selling them for ridiculous prices on Amazon, but he was shut down for price gouging, which I think is karma, baby. In my opinion, he should get in a lot of trouble. I think recently he donated them or something, which is obviously good, but that wasn't his first intention, and it's heartbreaking and honestly angering that people would try to profit off of an epidemic. Basically, stories like these and so many others are environmental justice issues because it's that unfair treatment of the environmental justice definition. Those people of low incomes that can't afford to buy these essentials in bulk bear the effect of the epidemic disproportionately. Low income people that bear these impacts are also usually workers in the places that have to stay open, such as grocery stores. So they're at a higher risk to contract COVID-19 because they're exposed to more people and things. A positive story about this is that certain stores such as Walmart, Target, Costco, Whole Foods, Dollar General, and a few more now have Senior Shopping, so they've designated certain hours to only those 60 and older. I'll leave a full list of stores in the description, but I think this is really awesome. Another victory, at least in the state of Maryland, which is where I'm from, is that homeless shelters, soup kitchens, and food banks were deemed essential services, so they'll remain open under Hogan's executive order to close all non-essential businesses. So what can we do? There are a couple things, actually. Do some research about what's going on in your state and what food banks and shelters are open. Once you find that out, donate non-perishables such as canned goods, soup, tuna, things like that, and even diapers and pads. I'll leave a more comprehensive list in the description, but it's always a good idea to check with the place that you'll be donating to to see what they accept. Also, don't go crazy when grocery shopping. This one might be harder than the last, because I know there's a lot of uncertainty and anxiety, and I, get, I completely get that, but it's important to think about those that can't afford to buy in bulk. Maybe one or two more extra things than normal. Something I think would be a good idea is to match your non-perishables with donations. So let's say you buy four soups, buy four more to donate. This might seem like a lot, but soup cans and tuna cans and other things similar to that are usually less than a dollar or a dollar. Another accessibility issue is Wi-Fi, internet, computers, anything that can help you work from home. Most, if not all, high schools and universities in the U.S. are closed and students are expected to work from home. So what about those students that don't have access to Wi-Fi or even computers? Students are paying tuition to have access to these resources and now they don't. It's a really complicated and messy situation that schools have to deal with. So what can we do about this? Initially it seem it initially it might seem like an issue that we can't help with, but something that I've seen is that if you live in an apartment, contact your landlords and ask them to freeze rent. Even if you're not directly affected, you have no idea who might be struggling. This goes for colleges and universities as well. Email some that are close by and ask them to freeze tuition payments, and even consider returning some tuition money since students no longer are on campus and they don't have the resources that they're paying for. Also, if you live in a townhouse or houses that are close to other houses, considering removing the password from your Wi-Fi in case someone nearby needs to use it. I think that this is a good way to kind of share the wealth. The next aspect I'm going to cover is the exposure, spread, and testing of COVID-19 and why these are all environmental injustices. So first of all, and embarrassingly enough, my own generation Gen Z is not taking social distancing seriously. There have been many viral videos, specifically from Miami, of college students partying on the beach with not one care in the world, and when interviewed, they are obviously happy to be there with no regards for anyone's health. This is an issue because while young people are not statistically likely to die of this virus, there's no telling the immunocompromised people that they expose to the virus or even to the older people in their own family that they could be putting at risk. Because these people can, and this is an air quotes, afford to put themselves at risk. They have no consideration for others. It's selfish. This also goes hand in hand with the spread because everyone that is not practicing social distancing, that are not staying home, are potentially spreading the virus to to and from, place to place, and it is the reason we can't slow this thing down or flatten the curve as we call it. So moving on to testing, this is one of the biggest topics, getting media coverage, From Tom Hanks to literally all of the NBA, celebrities are popping up left and right as testing positive for the coronavirus. Idris Elba posted a video where he said he was tested for the coronavirus with no symptoms. This is what sparked the outrage. If he had no symptoms, then how did he get tested? After this video circulated, so many people took to Twitter sharing their stories about how they were so sick with all the telltale symptoms and had to literally refuse to leave until they were tested. After Idris shared that he had no symptoms and was tested, and others shared they had all symptoms and were not tested, the American healthcare system rhetoric was confirmed. Famous people get to literally cut the line and be tested, while the average, and that's in air quotes, American has to struggle for medical care in general. A really good statement from a Washington Post article states The very rich have access to a parallel healthcare system, is true in good times as well as global pandemics, but that system is ordinarily invisible to the rest of us. For the supposed lack of supplies and lack of testing kits, it's not very apparent because a celebrity moans and coughs and they're tested immediately. I want to make it clear I'm not upset at celebrities. Well, I'm not too upset. (laughs) But I am upset that healthcare in the U.S. is set up to serve the elite. So what can you do to help with this? Well, first of all, stay at home. Unless it's absolutely necessary to get groceries that you need, just chill at home. I don't know about you, but I listen to what my doctor advises me to do. And if they are telling everyone to stay at home, I'm going to do it. Another thing that you could do is donate to local hospitals that are running out of supplies. I've seen this all over the news that... Face masks are low supply and people are raising the prices of these things. So donating money to local hospitals is a good idea. So that is all I have for you guys today. To sum everything up super quick, the Chinese are not to blame. There is no one to blame except people that continue to go out in big groups and party and stuff like that. Everyone is being impacted by this. But there are people being disproportionately impacted, such as low-income households and the immunocompromised, and stay home. That's the best thing we can do to help slow this thing down. Thanks everyone for listening. Definitely subscribe, follow me, all that stuff. The episode for next Sunday is going to be food waste, one of my favorite topics to explore. Um, I hope that I can offer some insight for everybody. Thanks again for listening. I hope you join me in the next one.